And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and the people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God, our Father, from our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. During worship... On Wednesday this past week, we heard uh, the wider context of today's gospel story, the story of Nicodemus. Terry Snow did a great job of bringing that biblical character to life through a fictional monologue. If you missed it and need a brief refresher, here's what we need to know about Nicodemus in order to understand how it impacts today's gospel. Nicodemus was a Jewish leader. He was curious about Jesus. And so he came to Jesus under the cover of darkness because he knew that he would face severe consequences by the religious authorities, his colleagues, for associating with this young rabbi. This young rabbi, after all, was stirring up trouble and challenging their authority. Nicodemus is the figure in the Bible who heard Jesus' call to be born again and offered that, unfortunately for him, memorable retort, but it's impossible to go back into my mother's womb. Yeah, that's Nicodemus. Nicodemus, the one who couldn't quite grasp what Jesus was teaching him, is also the one who hears first Those words of Christ that have reverberated throughout the centuries. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through him. So here's the mini sermon within the sermon. God's best good news comes even to those of us who fail to understand it. But there's more to say about this. And I wasn't quite sure what else to say until I heard Terry deliver Nicodemus' monologue on Wednesday. And I was struck when he said one phrase in particular. He said, But here at the foot of the cross, the picture is becoming clearer. And before I continue, I want to invite you to look at the cross 
in the sanctuary. Those of you gathered here and at home, Stephen will put the camera on the cross. I want you to stare at the cross and pay attention to what you think when you see it. Better yet, observe if you feel anything in your body as you look at the cross. I'll give you a minute to sit silently and pay attention to what's going on inside of you as you look at the cross. Thank you for taking the time to do that exercise. I hope that you discerned a thought or a feeling or a bodily sensation or a word or a phrase. Those of us gathered here this morning, uh, would any of you like to share that word or phrase? Pain. Salvation. Resurrection. Sacrifice. How could we do this to you? He did not want to be saved. Nicodemus looks at the cross and says, The picture is becoming clearer. For Nicodemus, this instrument of torture, of suffering, of death, it clarifies everything that he had previously misunderstood about Jesus. Unless one is born anew, they cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, they cannot enter the kingdom of God. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For Nicodemus, focusing on an object such as the cross helps him discern truths that have otherwise been hidden from him. This makes me think of another story, one that uh, happens to be banned by many church bodies who are in the business of banning things, ours not being one of them. But I'm speaking of Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials trilogy. Raise your hand if you're familiar with His Dark Materials. So the first book is called The Golden Compass, and it introduces the young heroine of the series named Lyra. She sets off on an adventure through her world and through others, eventually. She is armed with nothing but her fierce determination to help others. And she also has this mysterious little device called an alethiometer. The alethiometer is a device that tells the truth in response to any question that is asked of it. It doesn't talk to her. Instead, it uses hands like on a clock to point to different symbols along its perimeter that need to be interpreted. Lyra receives no instruction on how to operate this alethiometer, However, she unexpectedly manages to operate it when she simultaneously focuses on it while also letting her mind relax. Kind of like what happens when I stare at a candle flame and feel my mind just start to wander off. Maybe you know that feeling too. You see, Lyra has to let go of her thoughts, her assumptions, her desires in order to receive truth 
that exists beyond her comprehension. This is an important theme, and it comes up throughout this series of books. It's the ultimate ego check, and it serves as a powerful counterpoint to the dominant idea in our Western culture that we should be able to come up with all these answers on our own, that we should be resourceful, enterprising, hardworking, self-reliant, and smart enough to know what decision is the best one. Lyra simply and often says some version of, I don't know, let me check the alethiometer. In other words, Lyra needs to look at the alethiometer in order for her picture to become clearer. Now, the reason why this book series has been banned by religious groups is because the antagonists who are guided by fear, control, and an iron grip on truth just happen to be part of a powerful global religion. And these religious people have gone to great lengths to keep these alethiometers out of the hands of the people, lest they start to discover the truth that lies beyond their manipulations. The trilogy unfolds as an epic battle between a powerful organization that is threatened by truth versus those who seek a new, broad, and interconnected understanding of the nature of all things. It's an allegory for just about any point in human history, including the time of Jesus. You see, Nicodemus was a leader entrusted with upholding a religious institution that would use any means necessary to preserve its power and its hold on truth. And yet he found himself captivated by an individual on the fringe who was offering a fresh interpretation to what had become a stale religious experience for him. He was too enmeshed in his worldview to grasp what Jesus taught him until... He looked at the cross, the empty cross where Jesus died and realized that the picture was becoming clearer. Truth came to Nicodemus at the cross. Truth, that suffering at the hands of oppressors is better than oppressing others. Truth, that pain, disappointment, and death does not stand in the way of God's presence truth that our instruments of death can be transformed into provisions for peace. Truth that God's love is too wide to be encompassed by any one religion or people group. And those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Gazing at the cross, we come face to face with our mortality and our fragility. It's a humbling experience of darkness to look at that cross. And yet, gazing at the cross, we see the light. The light of Christ that shines brightly in the midst of our darkness. As Christians, we are called to discern the Spirit of God in every situation, in every encounter, every day. The Spirit 
recognizable as God's healing presence and restorative promise, can be so easily obscured by our fears, our negative self-talk, and our desire to exert power over others. The task for us is not to focus on these distractions and instead to focus on something like the cross that will help us see the truth more clearly. So as we continue our Lenten journey, we are invited to keep our eyes firmly on the cross, that source of divine truth and light. And as we gaze at the cross, the picture of who we are and what this world is will become clearer. Amen.